From Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Stake, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. I don't know what to say this time. Last yeah. time I said, welcome to Stay Paid. Let's get, let me give an update to people on my, on my knee. On my knee. Okay, let's update the knee. The knee, you got you the know, big brace off. So I got you're the not big brace off. Anymore. I'm now in a small brace. For those who don't right. know, it's first time listening. I don't know why you haven't been listening before, but welcome. Welcome. Is I tore my ACL thinking I was a star basketball player. Learned that I am a very rookie basketball player. What was the move? Like we didn't. The really move talk, was like, yeah, yeah. It was, it was like, like a, going up for a layup. It was a spin move where I was going under the leg to to dunk the ball. Okay, cool. No, right. it actually was just right. me literally moving to the left, and <laughs> someone bumped me, and I was you like, ah, dribbling. my my knee went down. <laughs> but I'm in a smaller brace. But here's what's discouraging, and I know all the people who are probably in the medical field or have people in the medical field are going to yell at me for this. Uh-huh. But I'm in the room with the doctor, and I go, hey, doc, you know, I'm feeling really good. You know, I'm leg pressing 80 pounds on the leg now. Can I go up? And he looks at me, goes, 80 pounds? He goes, you shouldn't be at 80 pounds. What's your physical therapist? And I was like, oh, crap, I get my physical so, therapist. So like, you're saying like, but this is where you're laying well, down. Yeah, you're, you're laying down. Okay. You're pushing so you're up with one leg. Or with one leg. No, okay. no squats. All right. And he make, he's, he's making me go down to 45 pounds. He may, yeah, yeah. He made me go back. <laughs> I'm like, Doc, you're killing me. Haven't you ever heard about going forward in life, not going backwards? And then I go to my physical therapist that night, and my physical therapist was like, hey, man, you know, there's really nothing I can do for you now. Come back after, you know, it's another month and a half I go back to the doctor. He's like, you just, you know, doesn't do you you any good to just pay a copay every time. Speaking of a great business. Right. Insurance. Sure. What a business, man. Yeah. They hit you every paycheck with your insurance, and then you have the copay. Sure. I'm going to figure out how I get in the insurance business. That's what I'm going to figure out. But anyways, so now I'm kind of in limbo. I have to do the same exercises, stay at 45 pounds, not really push it. Because I tore my ACL and my meniscus. Yeah. And my meniscus. Okay. And why am I talking about that? Because I'm trying to let you guys into my life to know, like, Uh and trust me, right? That's it. Right. You're building a personal connection with people. Actually, I have no idea why I'm talking about my knee. It just makes me angry every time. Yes. Well, before we introduce this week's guest, I do want to read this week's featured podcast review on iTunes. This comes from Winning Finch. This is actually someone that we had on the podcast, which really? is pretty cool. That yeah, is this is Ryan cool. Finch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he went on and left a review after the podcast. Guy. The title is Wow. That's it. <laughs> all he does. No, it's actually a beautiful review. Was fortunate to get a conversation with these guys so down to earth and energetic. It just energizes you when interacting with them. So generous. Only thinking of others and value they can provide. But most important, they're looking at the future and where the market is going, bringing it back to you. Josh and Luke are providing huge value in this podcast resource. Thank you for leaving that, Ryan. You too can have your review read right here on Stay Paid live, pre-recorded and released at a later date. Just head on over to iTunes. Yeah, we need more reviews, people. Come on, five. keep them coming. I'm going to be honest. I think this might be the last one. Oh, no. <laughs> we, need, oh, no we need more. We need more reviews. We need more. So what did you say? We have 93 five-star 93 reviews. 93 five-star reviews. Can yeah. we get to 100? Can we get to 100? If you are number 100, we will give you a $100 gift card. If we, if we can find out who you really are. Set it. Set it here. We set it live. Set it here. We don't know what the gift card will be to, but let us know your favorite restaurant. We yes, make correct. It yeah, well, it's 100 bucks. Our guest today is Jill Fanslau. She is an expert uh, content marketing um, expert, bringing a unique blend of... I, I just want to ask, before you, before you keep butchering the intro, did he pronounce your last name right? 
I did. I listened you, to another podcast with you. That, that was close. It was close. Fans Law. It was close. It's fans law. Fans, fans law. law. Fans like law. Like law. I was like, Josh, that is amazing fans because usually law. we do okay. prep before, but we were running a little bit behind yeah, for, was, so the audience knows. And I noticed you didn't ask her how to pronounce the last name, and I was like, oh, this is going to be exciting oh, to see gosh. if Josh actually gets this last name <laughs> correct. I did. I listened to you on another podcast. I listened to it to find out. So he pronounced it wrong, too. He probably did. Oh, yeah. yeah, they botch it a lot. <laughs> That's right. He, he's Acri. On the um, last podcast Acri, you were on. Acri, except Acri. it's supposed to be Acri, but everybody gets my last name. And that was your second return. That was Top Advisor. That was my third return. Third to return. Podcast. Still said your name still, wrong. Still said my name wrong. But I gave, him, I gave him a hard time for that. Jill Fanslaw <laughs> is a content <laughs> expert bringing a unique blend of journalism and marketing experience. She's the content marketing manager for AWeber one of the world's leading email marketing and automation platforms. Jill combines her knowledge of traditional publishing and modern media to create innovative email campaigns and paid digital products. Over the past 12 plus years, she's written and edited articles for world-renowned brands like National Geographic Society, Men's Health Magazine, Women's Health Magazine, Prevention Magazine, and Huffington Post. Jill, welcome to the podcast. Wow, thank you for that intro, that was great. <laughs> I did it. We'll see how many softball. We'll see how many softball questions you guys give me during this interview. And yeah. if I want to write a five-star <laughs> review after too. <laughs> yeah, we have to give you softball questions now. We need That's another five-star review. Yeah. Now, Joe, I'm excited. Let me hit a couple home runs, yeah. and then <laughs> and, and then, then we'll I'll see. see about that five-star. It's like bribery or something. <laughs> we'll do I'm excited takes. to have you on because email is like it's really hard to cut through the noise today with email, but it's still a great marketing strategy. So when I'm coaching our clients, like email marketing, you should be doing. Like if you're not doing it, it's so cost effective to do. You can read all the stats on it. But yeah, it's, it's like $42 earned in return on every dollar you spend or something. It's like one of is the it stats really? out Yeah, there. I mean, I know it's outrageous. It's yeah. like, I mean, great return, but it's so hard to cut to the noise. And I'm telling you guys, a lot of you aren't going to sell probably to executives because you're doing real estate, financial advising. Well, financial advisors, you're probably trying to reach executives. So I should take that back. But I get so many emails a day. I am telling you, I mean, I'm not exaggerating when I say there's probably 150 emails a day. Easily emails, but then I'm talking about just plain sales emails. Right. Probably 15 to 20 a day. Yep. Like sales outreach emails to me and every trick under the sun. And so I really am curious to get your take on how do you cut through the noise with email? You know, we're really heavy focused here on it's all about relationships. So how do you do email marketing well, like automated email marketing, but still keep the authenticity of relationships? So I'm excited about this podcast to pick your brain of how do you go about, you know, like how do you do this type of stuff? What's your opinion on it? But I just want you to take just a few seconds and introduce yourself to the audience. Like let them know your story, how you got to AWeber, what AWeber is all about. And then let's dive into this topic of email and how to make it successful. Yeah, sure. Um, so again, I'm Jill Fanslaw. Um, I graduated college with a print journalism degree right when newspapers were declining and we're seeing, you know, triple-digit drops there. in no. ad revenue. <laughs> great choice. My mom was like, great, I'm glad I spent all this money on your education. You should have done business. Um, so I quickly <clears throat> saw the writing on the wall and I, I pivoted. I got a job at National Geographic Society, which was amazing, but um, I was working for one of their print publications. And then I went to grad school at night for digital journalism. Um, web logs or blogs were just becoming a thing at this point. Um, so, you know, I kind of dove into the social media um, 
digital journalism, paid advertising side of things, because I wanted to be super well-rounded. Um, came out of grad school, left National Geographic, and went over to Men's Health, where I worked primarily on the website. Um, started there as a senior editor, and then um, you know worked for a long time and became the fitness director there. Hmm. I'll never forget saying to my boss who... You know, I was talking to him and he's like, what do you want to do here? What What's your goal? And I was like, I want to be fitness director. And I go, but I'm a female. That's probably never going to happen. I might have to jump over to women's health. And he goes, I do not care if you are purple, green, male, or female. That's if you awesome. are the best person for the job, you get the job. So the next thing I knew, I was fitness director of the website. And then I became director of the website. Wow. Um, did a lot of, at this point, journalism was journalism, but also marketing that you couldn't separate the two. You had to be creating great content that was not only educational, but you also had to be selling products and services at the same time. Um, so you had to build this trust with your, with your viewers. You had to be creating content that was going across multiple distribution channels. So I got to learn so much at that point. Um, you know, data was driving us impressions, traffic, click through, um, open rates, all of that, because again, we were creating content not just for the website, but for email, video, YouTube, social media, um, everything. Um, we were splicing and dicing content as much as we could, and it was so great to have all this data at your fingertips. Because when I was, you know, back when I was getting my degree in print journalism, you were kind of separated from the data. Ethically, to be a good journalist, you didn't want to worry about the data. Hmm. You just had to create great stories. Right. But I think that was also part of the downfall of journalism as well. So journalism gave me this great, you know, expert research, um, you know, finding out when things are statistically significant, all of that background, but then also being able to use that background in my current state of marketing and digital journalism was super helpful. Um, so I was at Men's Health for six and a half years, almost seven years. And then um, jumped over to the B2B SaaS industry, and <laughs> now I've been at AWeber. Yeah, yeah, quite a quite a shift. But um, you know, I was up for a new challenge. I kind of wanted to try some new stuff, and I I kind of wanted to get out of publishing for a little bit, to be completely honest too. Um, so here I am in the in the SaaS industry, working at AWeber. We've been around for. 20 plus years, our founder actually created the very first autoresponder in 1998. Wow. Um, and yeah, since then, our his main mission has been to create a business that's powerful for our users, but also simple. So we create features that anyone and everyone can use. You don't need to hire a whole team to be able to use it. And you can start seeing success and results right away. So, yeah, it's been an exciting journey up to this point. And, uh, yeah, I'm really, really excited to talk to you guys about email. Now, that's an incredible story. I didn't realize that in your background about being the director of fitness there. That I mean, that is incredible. Yeah. And an incredible yeah. leader, too. So, yeah, I think that's just incredible. Cool. It's just hiring the best person yeah, for was... the job. That's just awesome. Great mentor, great boss. So, yeah. so, so walk us through, because obviously you have such a unique perspective on this because you come from the content side and writing great you know, content that attracts attention, that attracts people that want to look at it and all this, which is such a huge part of great email marketing because it's all about getting, right. people to, getting people's attention and getting them to take action 
on whatever right. you're pushing message-wise in that email. Walk us through, you know, and I guess we can start kind of basics and, and that will lead us into maybe some of the more, you know, tangible tips and details. But how do I right now as a business owner, so I'm a, let's say I'm a real estate agent or, you know, small business owner. Like, what are some of the basic principles I need to be doing for email marketing? So I have a list of people. Like, what are some of the basic things that you see that drive success for small businesses with their email marketing? Yeah, great question. Um, I think there's a couple different ways to answer that. One, I think that you might have a list, but how active is that list? How engaged is that list? I could have a list of 10,000 people, but if only 1,000, 2,000 of them are actually engaging with my email, then I don't have a list of 10,000 people. Mm. You need to clean that list, get people off of it that have not opened or engaged with your emails in the past three, six months, because if they're not engaging with your emails, you don't want them on your list. And it's really hard because we put all this work into growing our email list, right? Um, you know, we put sign up forms everywhere. We're constantly promoting it. Um, but at the end of the day, you want people on your list who are going to read and interact with your content. And if you're not getting the right people on your list and they're not engaging with your content, then you don't want them on your list and they don't want to be on your list either. They're only going to hurt your deliverability at the end of the day. Make sure that your list is clean. Make sure that your list is engaged. And if you're starting to realize, you know what, the majority of my list isn't engaged, then you need to be thinking about how am I promoting my sign-up forms? Mm. Who am I promoting them to? Because maybe I'm not promoting them in the right ways or to the right people. You know, am I getting the majority of my leads from social media? And are those leads even opening my email? And if the answer is no, then maybe you need to shift your focus away from social media and instead focus it on a lead gen campaign within your website. Maybe it's a downloadable paper or report or um, a guide, um, something like that, um, you know, kind of shift your focus a little bit so that you make sure that you're getting the right people on your list. How do you know, because as I'm thinking about it, because I think that's such a great point, my mind immediately went to, if people aren't engaging, you have the wrong content you're sending them. But I think it's a great point of, well, maybe you have the wrong people on your list mm -hmm. and, and who you target. And we just did a podcast with uh, Redtail CRM. And one of the main things in, in the CRM uh, thing is it, your value of your CRM is really dictated by the value of your list. Like it, it's the CRM's there to help you get a great list and then market to that yep. list effectively and all this stuff. How do I know if I should go in your mind, how do I know if I should attack the content or attack my audience first? Or do you yeah. see it as you do it parallel? You do it, it but it's I think kind you of, have to do your parallel. Okay. And then when you think, yeah, yes. sorry, when you think about like content, like how do I frame up an email? What are the emails that you're, you're seeing right now statistically from you guys' results that are getting read? Like where, where should I focus like subject line to how long the email should be to, I mean, I've heard t crazy tips. Like you should have a misspelling in the subject line because that's going to get people attracted. <laughs> like what are you seeing? How, what emails are being read? What are the things that you guys are seeing from your statistics? Yeah, no, those are great questions. So at the end of the day, I think it, it, you are working in parallel, right? You're trying to build a really valuable list, an engaged list, but at the same time, it always comes back to great content. Content that you promise them on your sign-up form, content that you promise them on your website, and then you're delivering that content via email. You should never send an email that you don't feel good about. That's either redundant, outdated, trivial. I, I call that rot. Um, ROT. You just shouldn't send that email. Again, you have one opportunity to mess this up with them. If they don't like one email, 
they're probably not going to open up your next what email. Does, what does ROT go for? Go so, over that again. What does ROT stand for? That's an acronym? ROTS. Yeah, R-O-T. Redundant, oh, outdated, redundant. or trivial information. Wow. Never send it. If I can go on to Google and find the information that you're going to send me right away, then don't send it to me. That's like, very interesting. Send me something yeah. that's curated and valuable and that would take me hours to go find. Sure, send me that. But don't send me something that I can go and find that a thousand other people have also already done as well. Mm. Um, think about putting your unique twist on it. What sets you apart from the competition? And that's what keeps people opening your emails. That's what keeps people coming back. The second that you send them something that they're not interested in or that they can tell that, you know, there was no time investment in it, then they're no longer invested in you. So again, I think that, you know, great content is a must. It always has to be there. Um, I also think that you need to look at the tone and the voice of your email. Um, you know, are you talking to them in a way that reflects your brand? And then when they go to your website, is it reflected there? Um, you know, you kind of want to create this cohesive experience for them, right? From email to website to social media, you don't want them to feel like you're, you know, bait and switch, right? When they go from one platform to then opening your email. Um, so try to create a personality, try to create a tone and voice for your brand as well. And that can really help get people opening emails, now, in terms of what's working and what's not, um, we actually did a full original research project. I need to pull up a bunch of the stats here, but we kind of looked at 100 different influencers in the email marketing sphere, and we looked at what they were doing and what was working for them. So we found that on average, emails were around 400 words. Hmm. We found that they take about three minutes to read. Um 6% of subject lines had emojis in them. Hmm. And 60% of emails use sentence case capitalization. So the first letter yeah. of your subject line was capitalized. Everything else was lowercase. Um, you know, 6% used all lowercase. But you could take that advice and flip it, right? You could say, okay, so all of these industry experts, I can take the average of what they're doing and mimic them. Or I can do exactly what the opposite of the majority of them are doing so that I stand out in the inbox. So if most of them are sending subject lines around 44 characters long, I'm going to send one that's 10 characters long. Hmm. And my subject line will be the shortest one in the inbox. And that immediately catches people's attention. You know, you've got people like Anne Hanley. Um, she's an author. She's the co-founder of Marketing Profs. Yeah. Um, she sends, uh, God, I think it's 1100 word, email. uh, week, uh, bi monthly, um, email newsletter. Okay. And it is my favorite email newsletter to read, to uh -huh. read. Right. and it's 1100 words. So again, I think it depends on your audience. I think you have to do a lot of testing to figure out what, what, what works for your audience and what they hate. Um, you know, don't be afraid to split test different elements to try different things, um, because at the end of the day, you know, if it works for your audience, then it, it works for your audience. Don't try to mimic someone else because it's working for them. What Gary Vee is doing, what Ann Hanley's doing, what Jenna Kutcher is doing, that works for them. It might not necessarily work for you. That's such so a good I would point. say definitely test and optimize. Yeah. So when you look at um, like the emails that, and I'm sure you guys have probably clients that are small business clients, right? So you have real estate yep. agents, financial advisors. One of the main ways they use email is as a touch point for their client base. 
And mm-hmm. is there any advice you can give to the audience on the types of emails that you see to be effective? And what I mean by that is like content-wise, like is there a piece of content that you're seeing to be effective when you guys are coaching agents on what they should be sending, when you guys are coaching them on how, like I think of my database of 500 people, let's say I'm an agent, do I go and I write a personal thing to each of them that's way too time consuming, but then if I automate it, I, I run into the trivial aspect that you talked about and the rot, and it's like, how do I make that balance? Any, any advice yeah. you can give on the type of content, type of emails? Yeah. So um, I think there's a few different answers to that. But the what I've noticed is everyone should have a welcome email. So when someone signs up for your list, you have to have a welcome email. And that welcome email can be, hi, thanks for joining me. It should be in your tone of voice. It should be, or it should reflect your brand. And it should tell them what they can expect from being on your email list. So you're setting a foundation of trust with them. You're building that relationship and you're setting it off on the right foot. You can send them a curated list of articles that you like. You can send them your you know, most frequented um, website pages or blog posts. You can send them a free download, a free template, a coupon, whatever you want. I would give them a little value in that welcome email. Welcome emails are always open. They have like 80% uh, open rates. Really? I didn't so know I would that. Definitely, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, it's just a good way to start off a conversation, right? Because that's what email is. It's a conversation. It's a discussion. Um, you can use it like you have a megaphone and you're screaming into a room and you're not listening, or you can use it as a discussion. Um, so I always say steer towards the latter. Try to create a foundation right off the bat of um, trust, of friendliness, of, you know, I'm giving you value. I'm not expecting anything in return at this point. Um, anytime you can sprinkle in a little value is great because again, psychologically, people love value when it's time for you to ask for something in return. People are much more likely to do it to either, either buy, buy your service, buy your product, refer a friend when you've given them something first. So you should always sprinkle in value when you can. And I'm not talking about creating an ebook from scratch or anything like that. You know, repurpose what you already have. It could be a tip of a day, something like that. Um, other things, you were talking about personalization. I think personalization can be done in really unique ways so that you're taking an automated email, but it feels more personalized. So you could set up a few different paths, right, from a sign-up form. If someone says, you know, um, real estate, I'm looking for X, someone else is looking for Y. You can have two different automated campaigns that, you know, are personalized to those two different tracks and then send them content based off of those tracks. So that it, you're not just sending the same content to this to the, your whole group of people. That'd be another way that you could do it too, kind of segmenting off of the sign-up form and the questions that you're asking within that sign-up form too. Um, that's something that I highly recommend in a way of personalization outside of just my first name. Um, you know, it's much <laughs> more, <laughs> um, you know, it speaks much more to their pain point and what they came to you in the first place for. Yeah, that's um, such a another, great point. That's such a great point. Using yeah. the data that you've learned about from the form that they've put in. Yes. A lot of times we miss and, that. We miss that point that you right. learn so much from the form they put in, especially in real estate. What they're searching for home-wise tells you so much about them as a person. Right. Or, or even if it's right. a buyer, if you're collecting the fact that they're a buyer or seller, your content yeah. should be geared towards that person's journey, not general. Right. 
Exactly. Exactly. And we can do that with email now and it doesn't have to be complicated. Mm -hmm. Like that's the greatest thing about it is like segmentation, tagging, behavioral based automation. Like those are all big words, but when you get into the platform, it's actually really simple to set up. Um, and you can be really smart about it in a really uncomplicated way. Um, it doesn't have to be un overwhelming. Um, Another email that I would say that everyone should include at some point within even an automated journey or just send as a broadcast, you should probably do it at least once a quarter, is a question email. Ask your audience what they want from you. Hmm. Ask them what they need. Say, am I giving you what you want? Is there something I'm missing? You know, what's your goal for this upcoming year? What, you know, ask them a question. You'd be amazed at how much content we've created, how many courses we've created um, from asking questions. People are giving us fodder. They're giving us our next idea for content. They're giving us our next idea. Um, Features, too. We constantly are getting requests for features when we just ask questions. Um, So I would highly recommend anyone sending out to an email list to at least include a question email every single quarter. It's amazing what you can learn about your audience. Because their needs change, right? It's an incredible yeah. tip, and it positions you or gives you the chance to position yourself as an authority on a subject matter. Um, right. Because a lot of people have questions on, especially, like I even think myself, you know, as your for financial advisor listening to this, man, there's so many questions right now with the stock market. <laughs> uh, what's going to yeah. happen? All this thing. It gives you a chance to, to really position yourself as a person of authority on this subject matter. And it's the same for real estate and everything like that. And it's a very simple email to do. Should you, yeah, you put, could get your next oh, go you ahead. could get your next ten your next ten email ideas from from just one question email. Correct. You know? And, and you you're get, building a solid relationship because you're helping the per I mean the person who asked you the question is gonna feel awesome when yeah. you exactly. when you actually answer it. And well, how personalized is that? And you didn't need to do one on one outreach. It was an automated email that went out to your entire list, but it feels so personal. Right. Are you dreading the thought of making cold calls? Regardless of your experience level, cold calling can be one of the toughest parts of your job. But at the end of the day, it's also one of the best ways to get new customers. If you want to learn how to get better at cold calling and close more deals, go to ReminderMedia.com forward slash cold calling and download our guide to cold calling for free. That's ReminderMedia.com forward slash cold calling. Take action on this today. What about call to actions, right? So, you know, the idea of email is you want them to take action on something. You want them ultimately, and I, I believe so much in your philosophy that you were talking about just a little earlier, which, which is this give, 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 take. You know, it's like the idea yeah. of you got to give enough to build enough in the bank so when you go to yeah. ask for something, there's enough there, you know, to cover. Um, <laughs> and you've deposited enough in their bank account to where they want to give back. But um, what about call to actions? Like what have you found you know, that we should be doing from a strategic standpoint to get people to take action on the stuff we're writing about in our emails. Yeah, so the, also going back to giving value a lot too, is again, it doesn't have to be a ton of value. You can repurpose your content. You know, don't feel like you're giving everything away for free. Um, But your calls to action, I would keep one call to action per email. Don't send them down three different paths. Get them to do the one action you want them to take. We're actually, we 
um, vamping our entire onboarding sequence here at AWeber for anyone that comes in for a trial. Um, and I went through and I read the entire onboarding sequence. We actually have nine different sequences. And I went through and we were just giving people like 20 different options in every single email. Like hmm. we wanted them to take a step inside the control panel to say it was set up a sign up form. Mm -hmm. But then we were also giving them, you know, check out our um, email marketing 101, check out our list growth um, course. Um, oh, check out these blog posts. These are awesome. And then it's like the person totally forgets about setting up a sign-up form, which is the one thing that we need them to do. <laughs> we need them to grow an audience so that they can send emails and become successful. Right. Um, I mean, that is our business model. <laughs> so, you know, by taking them away and then trying to educate them elsewhere, to then try to get them back into the control panel is really tough. So how do you so do both? If we, through, I mean, maybe this is kind of what you're going through, your your new journey or whatever. How, how are you doing both? You have to educate them, but you also want them correct. to set up their... Yeah. Yeah. So what we're doing right now is I'm focusing on a growth strategy of just creating habit loops. So I want someone to read an email, go directly into the CP, take an action or not take an action, and then get a follow-up email. And depending on how many times I can get them to do that, I know that they'll be stickier customers with us, stickier trial users, and they're more likely to convert to a paying trust, a paying customer. So right now I'm trying to get that habit loop in as much as possible. So for the inactive people, the people that just won't take an action for me, that's when I'm going to start to educate them more on the, hey, here's why it's important to grow your audience. Right. Here's why it's important to create a sign-up form and a hosted sign-up form and a sign-up form for your Facebook page. Here's why it's important to add X, Y, and Z into your email. Um, that's when I start to get a little more educational because those are the people that need a little bit more of a nudge, right? They might they haven't bought in. They haven't bought into why they need to do this. They might need some more tips. Again, I wouldn't throw a whole, whole guide at them. It might be a few tips in an email kind of reiterating the value of doing this one step. But again, it would just try to get them back into the CP. Because at the end of the day, I want them to take that one action. So that's that's the way that I've kind of been looking at calls to action recently when it comes to emails. What's the end result that I want them to do? And how do I retain them as a customer? And how do I get them to buy what I'm putting down? Yeah. <laughs> because ultimately, I can educate them through you know 20 different email courses but if they don't create a habit loop with me and if they don't stay on as a customer, then all of that was for nothing. Right. So I really, really focus on the one thing I want them to do. So are you guys sending emails to the same list? Like, let's say you send that <clears throat> list to lo uh, log into the control panel. For people that don't open that email, are you resending that same email or is that putting those people down this other path of like education? Great question. Um, so yes, we would send to non-openers. I wouldn't send it four or five times. I might send it one more time. Okay. Eventually what I would do though, is I would try to get on the horn with them. I try to get a customer solutions person to pick up, pick the, up phone the phone and call them. <laughs> yeah. It always comes pick back up the to the phone. phone. And say, what can I help you with? Yeah. Right. What do you need? Why are you not getting what you need out of this? And if they just say they're not interested, then that's great. We know that now. Um, but say they got stuck. Say they were like, you know what? I just have been overwhelmed. I didn't. I got all the emails. I've been meaning to do them. I just, can you help me take this first step? Mm. Um, and a lot of times that's all it takes is just someone jumping on the phone, someone jumping on a chat and getting them to just take that first action with us. 
Um, so yes, we would definitely send to non-openers, but um, we don't want to bombard them either. But I think the most important thing is to try to get someone on the phone with them. Well, it's a great point. I mean, I think so much whenever you're doing email, you think that email has to then uh, make a decision on what else you have to email. But no, it's, yeah. it's <laughs> comprehensive. It's all inclusive. It's every area that you have as an opportunity to build a relationship or have communication with that client. If they're not opening an email, the answer might be don't send another email. The answer exactly. is let's choose another communication mm. method that works for them. Yep, yep. And we're constantly qualifying our leads as well. Like we'll never, whenever we get a lead in, say it's through a nurture campaign or a lead gen campaign, so we have, you know, these free email courses, um, we'll ask them questions when they sign up and we'll know where they are in their journey. But we know like, say they have a list of 300,000 people, we're not going to send them our list growth course. We're going to accelerate their pipe, the pipeline to sales. We're going to try to get our sales team to close a high-volume account. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if it's someone with zero subscribers <clears throat> and they've signed up for, you know, an, an email marketing 101 course, then we know we have some time, right? We have some time to work with them before we can convert them to trial, before they go through onboarding. Um, and we might put a couple other things in front of them before we can convert them. So, you know, I think qualifying your leads is really important as well, kind of knowing where each person is on their journey so that you're not overwhelming them, you're not inundating them, but you're also not holding them back too. They have a list of 300,000 people. Get them to sales, get them to close the deal and get them in and let them find success with us as soon as possible. Yeah. So a lot of the people I know we're talking about writing the emails, writing the content, a lot of our listeners, they're not necessarily writers do you have any copywriting tips or any writing tips in general that we can just kind of plant into people's, you know, plant the seeds in people's heads and kind of spark some inspiration there? Yeah, um, I have lots of copywriting tips. <laughs> <laughs> um, we actually, one of the biggest questions is that we get is, I just don't know what to write in my emails. Right. Like, I just have no idea. Um, I always say that there's like five to seven emails that you should always automate. Um, your welcome email, um, a story email, kind of your backstory or your business backstory, like why you guys got started, um, you know, what sets you apart in the industry and why you're a thought leader in the industry and an authority in it. Um, there's a value email, you know, um, again, giving people some extra stuff for free um, that they weren't expecting from you. Again, it's psychological. You want to give them something before you ask them for something. Um, you know, there's an agitation email where you know their biggest pain point and you kind of rub salt in that wound a little bit and then you hand them the solution, which is ultimately your product or your service. Um, and then there's the case study proof email. Mm. You know, people who have found success with you. Um, you know, people who've bought a home and now lived in it for 20 years, people who went through three other real estate agents and were with you for six weeks and found their dream home, you know, That's whatever awesome. it is, you need case studies, you need reviews, you need five star ratings. Um, you know, you need all of that and you can package that into an email because that can help people get over the hump if they're trying to make a decision to work with you or not. Yeah. Um, and then ultimately I already talked about this, but the question email, um, you know, you should always be sending that at all times, every quarter, you know, just have that ready to go because um, you can learn so much and you can tweak what you're already doing. Now, I know that doesn't necessarily help with how to write those emails. Um, <laughs> it's kind of just content topics. But those were phenomenal um, but, ideas. Yeah. It actually made me go, hey, 
We we need those emails. <laughs> wait, a, wait, this is not this is not. I that like kind this. Like I'm learning a lot here. I'm taking notes for myself. <laughs> you said tangible, yeah. so I'm bringing the tips. Um, but yeah, the um, in terms of what to write, you know, we actually offer uh, it's a what to write in your emails course because we created this because it was such a big pain point for our audience and you get a full booklet of email templates, fill in the blank templates um, that you can just copy and paste, upload, and then fill in with your, with your own content, um, you know, tweak it here and there. Um, it gives you a good framework. And again, that's for the welcome email. It's for a bunch of different emails that you might need to use. Um, so we have those templates available um, we also have automated campaigns that you can just upload into your AWeber account. So we have a welcome campaign that, again, is just fill in the blank. It's already uploaded in That's your great. account when you when you start, and you just fill in the blanks. Um, we have a couple other of those automated campaigns as well that you can upload into your account to get started because we know that's a pain point for everyone, right? right. Like, I love writing, but a lot of people don't love writing. Right. Um, <laughs> or they don't even know. They're like, I have this audience that I can talk to, but I don't know what to say. Yeah, right. Um, so I get it. It's it's tough. But again, I think the question email gives you fodder. Like, just do a Q&A email. Um, you can curate. If you find something interesting online in your industry, you know, um, on four or five different sites, put your spin on it, say what you think about it, and then you can link off to those sites as well. That's curation for you. That's not a ton of work. Um, you know, again, you're, you're becoming an authority. You're giving your expert opinion about it, um, but you're not creating it from scratch. So there's little ways that you can send out emails that won't take a ton of time and have you sitting there trying to come up with right. ideas all the time. So I'm curious. I want to ask you, Jill, because I know you're you're in this space every day. Email marketing has been uh, has gone through a series of evolutions. I mean, we had one to one <laughs> emails. Then you have batch and blast emails where you're just sending the same message to everyone. Now it's it's all automation, right? It's all personalization and automation, yeah. autoresponders, things like that. What's the future of email? Will it continue being such a, a a high return on investment for marketers? Where do you see kind of email headed over the next five, ten years as we kind of continue to evolve? I love this question because I think that we're at this pivotal moment with email where so much is going to be changing and so quickly over the next few years. Um, we've got interactive and dynamic content coming. Like you will be able to send out an email that you open at one time, close it, and the next time you open that email, it'll say something completely different because it's been updated. It changes. Right. Yeah. You know, like thinking about it from my perspective, if I'm sending an email to you guys that says, you know, congratulations, you added 55 new subscribers this week. You close it. You go back into that two days later, and it's like, congratulations, you added 62 subscribers this week. Mm. So it's constantly updating. It's dynamic. You can do polls now with AMP for email. Um, you can set up polls within your emails so that people can, within the email, take a poll and see results. That's awesome. There's interactive sentiment widgets where you click a button and it says, did you like this email? Did you not like this email? Click a button and it says, hey, thanks for your feedback. Do you mind telling us a little bit more about your decision? And you type in the email your answer. And it's recorded right there and then. Um, so there's just so much that we are doing for email right now that I think is going to change the way that we look at it. Like segmentation, automation, tagging, all great, right? 
But, like, this is the fun stuff. No, the interactive and dynamic is the fun stuff that I get really jazzed about. Who's awesome. driving that innovation? Is that, I mean, is that the, the, the email platforms? Is that the Gmails? Or is this more from, like, the marketing platforms like the Awebers kind of right. figuring out so, how to work this into the technology? So AMP is a technology that was built outside of any ISP, any ESP. Mm -hmm. um, and by ISP, I mean internet service provider like Gmail, Hotmail, all of those. However, Gmail adopted it first. So they took AMP and interjected it within Gmail and said, if you, your ESP has this capability, if they want to incorporate AMP into their emails, when someone sends to a Gmail address, it will show as an AMP email, which means that it will be dynamic and interactive if That's you've awesome. added those yeah. elements in. Right now, AWeber is one of the only ESPs that actually has this capability. And I will be honest, you have to be pretty tech savvy to use it at this moment, but our control um, panel team is working around the clock to actually make it so it's just a drag and drop um, element That's that fantastic. you pull into your emails. That's exciting. So you can add polls super easily. You can <laughs> yeah. add a carousel where you can like click through. It's almost going to be like your website through. is a, are your emails like a website? Like you yes. won't leave your email platform almost. It's, yeah, exactly. It's now that scares some people, right? Because they're like, I want people to go to my website. That right. scares me. So you would have to think about best use cases for it, right? Yep. Like if you want people to go to your website, let them go to your website. But if you're a real estate agent and you want to show off, you know, 10 houses in in such and such price zone in one, you know, zip code, you could put a carousel in. And what I mean by carousel is you click a button and you can constantly just be scrolling through these photos. Right. Um, and, you know, they can just be constantly updating and changing as you click through. And then you could click through them and go to a website to view more about the home. Yeah. Um, but you could do cool things like that. Um, so we're working really hard right now to try to get those elements as easy as possible in the emails for people. And right now, Gmail is the only ISP that supports this, but I can't imagine it being only Gmail forever. Oh, so yeah, no, that's well, definitely. I think we're on the precipice well, of some sure. really cool yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, to me, it's yeah. always it's 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 you might want people to go to your website, and of course, you want to try and drive traffic to that. But it's creating the experience for the people where they want to have it. So yeah. if, that's, yeah. if that's email and you're putting in those elements that will continue to add value to them and provide you value as a business, that's really what it's all right. about. It's giving the, the end user that option. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't like, you know, think about conversion paths too. Yeah. The more clicks someone has to take to get somewhere, the less likely. more likely you are yeah. that you're going to lose them. Yeah. So, you know, for instance, going back to the question email, say, if you can just embed the form within your email that says, write your question below and I'll get it. And I read every response and they can just type right there in the email instead of having to click out, go to your website, wait for that to load, pull up a survey gizmo or something where now they're trying to write in that, you know, if they could just do it right there and then while they're in their inbox on their mobile phone or on their desktop, it makes it so much easier. Hmm. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for yeah, being seriously. here, Jill, and sharing so many those good tips. tips. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we close fun. out, Thanks, how can people learn more about AWeber? How can they connect with you? 
Yeah, so they can go to aweber.com. Um, they can also check out blog.aweber.com. That's where we have a lot of our educational content. You'll see some of the Lady Gen campaigns I was talking about in there as well. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, Jill Fanslaw. I'm not super active, but um, I am constantly on there reading through stuff. So you can always send me a direct message, too, if you're interested in more information. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks awesome. for coming I on gotta, I got to ask Jill, because I told her before the show, yeah. I said... You know, what would you go back and ask younger Jill? And she goes, oh, I have so much oh, I would whoa, share. I, I got to ask, I got to ask that question. I want to know, what would you go back? This is a question we ask, you know, a lot of the people that come on the show stay paid. What would you go back? What advice would you give to younger Jill, knowing what you know now? Because you have had such a unique career in a way, starting out <laughs> in, in writing. And now you're obviously yeah. you're still in writing, but now it's, you know, obviously you're doing content marketing. And what would you go back yeah. and what advice would you give? So my first piece of advice to my younger self would be, don't use sun in. It turns your hair orange and you look like an Oompa Loompa. <laughs> I had no idea what that yeah, was. That's the best advice that we've studio. heard so far. <laughs> like, stay away from it. It's evil. Um, a second piece of advice would be, I just think that your career path doesn't have to be a ladder. And I think mm. that I'm, mm. you know, I am a great example of that. Um, you know, I think that when you're just concentrating on the next level up of your current position, you're kind of blocking out other opportunities that could be looking you right in the face. Um, you know, I could have stayed on the editor path at Men's Health, but, you know, I talked to my mentor and boss and said, I want to be in the fitness side. And that's what led me up to director of Men's Health one day. And, you know, just even jumping over to the SaaS industry and my title is content marketing, but since I've been here, I've taken on paid advertising, all demand, gen, all demand gen strategy here. And I think if I'd only been focused on content marketing, I wouldn't have tried all those other things as well and now have this much bigger role. So, you know, I think I would tell myself, don't just focus on the next rung up. Instead, look outside of the ladder and what other opportunities could be there because you get to interact with new people, try new industries, and it's tough, but it's also super exciting. Yeah, that's incredible. Awesome. That's great advice. Well, thank you again so much for being here, Joe. And thank you all for listening. To dive deeper into this episode and to get all the resources and links we mentioned, go to staypaidpodcast.com for the show notes. And while there, you can also find our videos for all of our episodes. If you're interested in supporting the show, there are two ways that we ask you to do that. First way is to rate us five stars on iTunes and to leave a comment mentioned at the beginning of the show. We're running a little low in reviews, yep. guys. But Jill's going to leave a five-star review. It's going to be fantastic. Gave Jill some softball. She's going to leave us a five-star That's star called, review. like, assuming the close, you know? <laughs> hey, if we can get every guest like to leave it. a review, we'll never run out of reviews. <laughs> we just read that last guest every time. Best way to, uh, to uh, give back is to tell a friend about the show, share on social media. Remember, sharing is caring, and we care about you, our listeners. That's why we share these interviews with industry leaders like Jill every week every Monday for free because we care. If you want to return the favor, share this episode with just one person this week. Send them an email. Ooh. Yes. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Send email them an email of the greatest idea. podcast. Shoot over an email to all of your email list subscribers about your Josh, favorite Josh, that's episode. why we have you around, man. You think of those ideas. Thinking I about love this. All the time. <laughs> if you want to get hold of me at Luke, you can email us at podcast at Reminder Media or find us on Instagram. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. And, of course, you can check out Reminder Media on social media. We're at Reminder Media on every platform for this episode of Stay Paid. I am Joshua Stike. And I'm Luke Acree, guys. And I'll close with it. Jill, 
fantastic. I mean, guys, go back and listen to this podcast again because really so many tangible things. And it's, t- it's going to take some time to like actually listen to them, write them down because there's so many good things that you can implement in your email marketing literally tomorrow after you listen to this podcast. <laughs> but here's the tip I want you to take action on because I think it's really easy to do and I think it will really help you. I want you to send an email this week asking the question to your audience of what you can help them with. What questions do they want answered? How can you provide value? Because it's like Jill said, you're going to get so much content, so many ideas for the content that you can generate. But I think it's really almost like a trifecta. It gives you the content ideas. It gives you a touch point to your audience. And third, it positions you in a way to be able to be an authority or a subject matter expert, a position of authority on your industry for your audience, which is key in this ability to be known, like, and ultimately trusted. And it's going to position you there and give you that opportunity. So remember, the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in every single industry is top producers don't just listen to a podcast. They listen to a podcast, they take an idea, and they implement, and they take action on that idea. So take action on that today.